Hello, everybody. It's Father Edward Looney back with you uh, with another uh, movie interview. And so there's a new film coming. A lot of people saw Sound of Freedom. It came from Angel Studios. It was kind of the movie that was all the talk this past summer uh, that got lots of conversations going. And uh, Angel Studios has another film coming to the theaters. And for me, I know it's one that's been a long time coming. I've seen social media posts for, I think, a few years. And so I'm very excited today to be speaking with the director of The Shift, Brock Heasley. And so he's going to share a little bit about The Shift, how it came to be, and a few questions that I had after I pre-screened it uh, in advance of its release in the theater. So thanks so much, Brock, for joining me to talk about The Shift today. No, I thank you so much, Father Edward, for the uh, yeah the opportunity to talk about it. It has been a long time coming, so I'm, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to talk about it. I think a lot of people followed um, Angel Studios and kind of the projects they were working on because for a long time, The Chosen, that was who they were associated with. And so uh, I, I think that's how I became familiar with it, simply because, you know, I liked The Chosen. And then it's like, oh, this is the next thing they're working on. And and uh, so I follow the social media and have seen the clips for a long time. And I think the whole film was crowdfunded, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if that's right, if my memory serves me correctly. But a guess- decent portion of it. Yeah, a decent portion of it was crowdfunded. Yeah. Could you just share a little bit of the origin story of the shift and really how it came from a concept to reality? Yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of science fiction. Uh, it's my favorite genre of film. And I can still remember back in 1985 when my dad came home, he was just super excited. And he's like, Barack, I've, I've seen this movie and you've got to You've got to check it out. And he told me the title and I couldn't even understand the title, but he said, you've got to come and see back to the future with me. And so, you know, a lot of my earliest memories are with my dad, honestly, are like going to the movies and seeing science fiction films. I saw return of the Jedi five times in the theaters when I was a kid, I was six years old. Um, and so, but, but then my faith is also very important to me and it always has been. I grew up in a, in a family in a, uh, that whose faith was, you know, we went to church every Sunday and, and faith was a huge part of our lives. And, and I came to an understanding of my relationship with God, um, you know, about when I was a teenager and, and it's something that has just always been very important to me, but, but these two things don't usually come together. We don't usually see science fiction and, and faith coming together in any kind of meaningful way. And in fact, a lot of people who love science fiction or who are into science um, will try to eschew faith and, and, and put it off to the side. And, and I just never really understood that because I've always seen science fiction as such a great vehicle for talking uh, about things through allegory and through metaphor and, and just, just through looking at our world through a different lens. To me, that's the great value of science fiction. And so I thought, well, why not faith? And so in 2015, I, I got a group together and we made this little short film called The Shift. And it was a 20 minute long short film. And it combined science fiction and, and the idea of multiple realities with the idea of how um, the devil tempts us. And and so it was kind of a man versus devil story, which is something I was really interested in. I was thinking a lot at the time about, you know, how does the devil work and, and what are his tricks? Kind of a kind of a screw tape letters approach uh, was was kind of what the that short film did. A couple of years, a few years later, the Angel Studios, who were just gearing up The Chosen, they saw that short film. And they thought, well, here is something that is really interesting. And they were just getting going. And and tonally, what was going on in that short film was not terribly dissimilar from tonally what was happening in The Chosen. And I think one of the reasons people love The Chosen, it's not because it's telling the story of Jesus, which we've seen a hundred times before. It's telling it in a different way. 
and it's telling it with a with a seriousness and a sincerity and an honesty um, that I think Angel Studio saw was present within this fictional sci-fi story that I was doing. And so it was something where they 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 brought me aboard and said, let's let's help you fund this and turn this into a feature film. And five years later, it took a while. You take a an original sci-fi concept, which people are not used to mixing with faith. Um, and that's 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 going to be a communication evolution. And it took us a while to to help people understand what we were doing and to get them excited about it. But but here we are today. And and people did. They they figured it out and they latched on. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit about The Chosen. We've dropped that name a few times. And you have some of the actors and actresses from The Chosen mm -hmm. uh, who are a part of the film. So who are some of those familiar faces that people might see? Yeah, so our female lead is the amazing Elizabeth Tavish, who plays Mary Magdalene in The Chosen, and she gives, I mean, it. I'm biased, but it, I think it's the best performance of her career. I, I think she did is so tremendous and so very different from what she does as, as Mary in The Chosen. We've also got Paris Patel, who plays Matthew in The Chosen, and he plays a character by the name of Regit. Um, who is kind of a mysterious person within the film. So I won't give too much away about him. And then we also have Jordan Walker Ross, who plays Little James on The Chosen. And he uh, shows up in a, in a really fun uh, cameo role uh, that I can't wait for people to see. And all three of them, to their credit, are have crafted such different characters from what we are used to seeing them in as The Chosen. Uh, so I'm really, really excited for people to see um, kind of another side to their to their talents. Yeah, just a few moments ago, too, you mentioned C.S. Lewis, and uh, we're talking about kind of sci-fi dystopian genre. I think C.S. Lewis wrote some space trilogies, so he kind of dabbled yeah. in that. Uh, but my understanding is that the shift to, you know, as you mentioned, C.S. Lewis and the screw tape letters, there's kind of mm -hmm. like Job-esque feel, right? Like, is this supposed to tell yeah. the story of the book of Job in a contemporary way? Well, anybody walking into this and expecting the book of Job is going to be is going to wonder what in the world the gunplay is about. Um, but but what we have done is that very much in the writing of this, I was very inspired by the book of Job. And that came out of some experiences in my own life. I've had some and I think most of us have had Job like periods where we've gone through some things, haven't really seen a whole lot of hope. God seems to be silent and we're wondering what this is all for. And so drawing upon those experiences and looking at this film, um, I realized there was a real opportunity here to tackle one of the, honestly, what I think is one of the trickiest stories in the Bible. You know, Job is a story that a lot of people wrestle with and, and you know, and and wonder, well, is God just a jerk? You know, I've, I've heard people say that about the book of Job. Like, is that the point of Job is to say that God is a jerk? No, that's not the point of Job. Um, and so, yes, this film and, and by the time you're done watching it, I think it's unmistakable, uh, is very much inspired by the book of Job, is dealing with a lot of the same things thematically that the book of Job is dealing with. And I think I think we have something to say about it. I think, And I think we're asking the right questions. Uh, this is a film that when you leave it, and I've heard this report from many, many people, is something that you're thinking about, discussing, even the next day. And I love that people are wrestling with these really important things, especially at, at this time in the world when there is a lot of suffering going on. There's a lot of calamity and people are really wondering, where is God in all this? And that is exactly the question that our main character, Kevin, is asking throughout the film. And by the end, he does come to something of an understanding. And I, and I hope I'm excited for people to see that. Yeah, you know, I watched it, I think, Saturday night. 
and Sundays I was getting ready for church and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the movie. I'm like, well, why do they do mm-hmm. that? Or, you know, I feel like maybe this was an unresolved issue in the movie. So like, I kept thinking about it, I guess. So yeah. main character, he, uh, it, you know, this is in the intro, so I, I don't think it gives too much away, but essentially a car accident seems transports him into this alternate universe and whatnot. So we never go back to the car accident or anything like that because he chooses right. the other path or something like that. I guess I, I'm trying to understand kind of what we saw in the beginning, reconciling it with how it how it ends. So um, right. what, what could you say about that? Well, uh, what happens to Kevin is, you know, the, when you talk about it's the, the name of the movie is The Shift. And when you talk about the idea of a, of a shift and what that is, and, and you're correct to identify the car accident as a moment in which, you know, our character experiences something and then and then that thrusts him into a, into a new circumstance. And, and in this in our movie, that new circumstance is actually a dark parallel world. Um, and but but here's what's notable about that car accident is that he didn't cause it. The car accident happened to him. And and that's really what the the movie that's what a shift is. A shift is is the things that happen in our life that we have no control over that are that are bad. And yet we have the responsibility to respond one way or another, either in faith or with cynicism. And and that's that's what the movie is really trying to get at here is this idea that we all experience suffering that is not of our own making one way or another. And how are we going to deal with that? Um, There are choices that we can make. But we don't always get to choose our circumstances. The real choice that each one of us can make is how do we respond? Do we have faith? Do we not? Do we have hope or do we not? That's the real choice that we are all making. And it, and, and that came out of experiences in my life. My father was shot in an armed robbery when I was 12 years old. He was shot 13 times and he lived. Eight years later, the exact same circumstance repeated itself and he died. Now, that is something that was a huge shift in my life. That was not something that I chose. It wasn't something that he chose, but I have to deal with it. Do I have anger and hatred towards the men who killed him? I mean, that, that, that's a choice right there. That's a choice that's been thrust upon me. Um, and I chose to forgive and, 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 and I chose to love. And that's a lot of where this movie came from as well is how is Kevin going to deal with these things that happened to him that he has no control over? Um, and and that to me, if if you want to like unlock the code of the movie, I think a lot of it is within that idea right there. Yeah, it's very powerful, and you know, it's one of those movies that I think you have to see twice. Like you go and you experience it, maybe you'll be a little confused. It's like what's going on, but then you have to watch it a second time, and then it kind of just all begins to make a little more sense, and and you begin to grasp those concepts. So so I bet there's going to be repeat watchers uh, of the film. I would I would love that. It, those are my favorite movies, the ones that 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 beg a second watch, and that when you do watch it the second time, you uncover so much more. You know this this movie really is operating more than anything. It's operating in the realm of allegory, and so a lot of the things that are happening, um, I think, especially on the second watch. Um, will be will be apparent, like what it is and, and why it is. Um, but I will also say that for the first time through, um, I, I don't believe that it's so confusing that you're lost. And I don't, you know, we we uh, we crafted a, a very emotional narrative, and I've been very encouraged by how many people watch this film, and they do grasp 
um, very quickly what is going on. And, and more than anything, they really key in to this, this love story. You know, within all of this is this love story of you know, what Kevin is really trying to get back to is he's trying to escape this dark parallel, parallel earth in order to get back to his wife. And, and so much of the movie is about that. And so even if you're thinking, oh, man, sci-fi, I'm not, I'm not, it's not really my bag or, you know, it's, it's just, it's, if they're, I, I, they confuse me or whatever. Um, I promise you that this movie is not going to leave you behind. Uh, there is an emotional core to this thing that you're going to be able to tap into. And, and that is where we put most of our energy, to be honest with you. And, and that is what is going to, I think, excite audiences, especially on the first watch. And then if you want to dig deeper, yeah, there's, there's definitely stuff there. Yeah, so as a Roman Catholic, uh, we have a crucifix, right? So we often will wear mm-hmm. crucifix uh, right. just as our religious jewelry. A lot of times a Christian, they might wear uh, a cross. And so no mm-hmm. corpse, no body of Jesus, kind of a common symbol. But kind of the shift is introducing another little uh, piece of jewelry, if you will, and it's the mm-hmm. empty tomb. So why was that important to incorporate this concept of the empty tomb? And you know, there's a tattoo on one of the people's arms. Right. Uh, there's the necklace that he gives to uh, Liz Tabish's character. So, so why, why the empty tomb? Why incorporate that in the shift story? Yeah, well, just on a practical storytelling level, I needed some kind of something to identify um, I'm trying to do this without getting into too many spoilers, but I needed some kind of a totem within within the film. And if you think about a film like Inception, which uses the spinning top, there's a storytelling mechanic within the film where I did need something like that, some kind of identifier um, for our for our guy, so that when that thing popped up, it would mean it would be significant. It would mean something to him, and that would kind of propel him on his path. I'm being so vague because I'm trying not to spoil the movie. But so on just on a practical storytelling level, I needed that. Um, But the empty tomb symbol was actually something um, before I was a filmmaker, I was a graphic designer. And it was a symbol that I came up with um, during that period of my life. And it was something that I thought had a lot of potential because the cross and the crucifix are such powerful symbols um, and they're so iconic. Um, But for me, I think there's there's more of Christ's story that can be told. Um, and symbols are a very powerful way of telling that story. And of course, the other part of the story is what happens after the cross, which is the tomb that was empty, which is the fulfillment of everything that he that he said and that he was and, and, the, and that he did. Um, the, the, the empty tomb is the fulfillment of, of his promises. Um, and it is it is, of course, the promise of eternity that is that each of us gets to partake in as believers on him. And so I just have always wondered why we couldn't have a symbol that represents that as well. This other very crucial part of the story. And so the cross and the empty tomb, when you think about it, they, they really are the two symbols of Christ within within the Bible itself. Those are the two big events. Um, and those are those are the two events that we look to and say therein lies our salvation. Um, and so so taking that symbol, which I think if you can sum up the empty tomb in one word, that word would be hope. Um, and for a movie that is so much about hope, it just fit very naturally into the story that that, that we're telling. Yeah, you know, and I guess I'm thinking about this whole dystopian reality and parallel universes, et cetera, you know, but in a sense, mm-hmm. like resurrection kind of unlocks that for us, right? So so by defeating death, right, because he lives, well, there is this 
alternate reality that we call heaven, that one day we'll call home. Uh, there is this right. idea that when, when Jesus returns in glory, that all the dead will rise from the grave and, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And even after the resurrection, we see this in the scriptures, that the tombs of the the righteous were opened and they came forth from the tombs. So, so there is some sort of like parallel alternate reality, I guess you could almost say, uh, connected to the empty tomb and to the fact of Jesus's resurrection. Yeah, I mean, if you want to think about heaven as a different plane of existence, and I think that's not an entirely inappropriate way to to approach it. Now, we don't understand the the mechanics of that and, and how that all works and the layers of reality, and I, I don't know. And, it, and certainly this film is not proposing that multiverse theory is true. I have absolutely no idea. I don't care. It's a storytelling device. Um, but certainly, yes, as as Christians, we have come to accept this idea that there is more than just the world that we see around us, that there are other worlds and there is another place where God resides. And if you want to call that an alternate reality or a parallel or whatever you want to call it, the idea that there is more um, is certainly embedded within within what we believe already. I, I agree with that. Uh, so I know that people who are followers of Angel Studios, you see it already on the social media as we're uh, recording this interview. Uh, people are buying tickets. They're doing the same thing that they did for The Sound of Freedom, where they're buying tickets so that they can give them away to people. So mm -hmm. um, so I think you're going to have a lot of supporters, people who are already bought in, right? But uh, what's your recommendation to someone who might be on the fringes? Like, should I go see this? Uh, why should they go see it? I think they should go see it because I think what audiences have been clamoring for is something that's original. I think especially this year with success of movies like Oppenheimer and, and Barbie and Sound of Freedom, you know, these are films that are, do not have franchises attached to them and that audiences flock to and audiences rejected movies like Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones, uh, both of the movies I, I actually very much enjoyed, but audiences really didn't show up for them. And so I think what people are looking for right now is they're looking for two things. I think we are in a time when people are looking for hope. This movie offers that. And people are looking for an original story. And I promise you've never seen a movie like The Shift. Um, if, if nothing else, this is a, this is an original story inspired by the book of Job, but believe me, we, we, and you, and you know, this father Edward, it, it, it we go off in, in some, some different directions with it, but yeah, if, if you're looking for an original story that, for a completely new experience at the theater, uh, we definitely have that for you. So this went from being a 20 minute short that you made a long time ago to now being mm -hmm. on the screen and theaters are going to be filled with enthusiasts who want to go see it. What's that like for you as a film director? Oh, I'll tell you what, I have a hard time not choking up at every screening that we have. Um, it's just, it's such a profound, um, honestly, this is a season of profound gratitude for me. It really is. I, uh, I, I know exactly how fortunate I am to be in this position to see a dream realized like this to have the sacrifices that my family and so many others have made to bring this film to the screen, to see that fully realized, to see people walking out, just, you know, just so emotional coming up to me and taking both of my hands in theirs and just thanking me um, and, and telling me what an effect it's had on them. Um, it's, it's made all of this time and effort very, very much worth it. And, uh, and I'm just excited that now next, you know, we're going to be going out to it to a much broader audience once this thing actually hits screens. Um, so yeah, uh, very, very, very grateful. 
Uh, when is it in theaters? How can people get their tickets? How can they learn more about it? Yeah, so if you go to angel.com slash the shift, uh, you'll be able to see a trailer there and you'll also see where it is playing near you. And you can, there's a link to go to the tickets right there. If it's not in the theater that you prefer, there's even a button there. You can tap to call or call to request uh, your theater directly and let them know, hey, I want to see the shift with you. Um, so that's angel.com slash the shift. December 1st is the day that it hits theaters. Of course, there's going to be a preview night the night before on November 30th. There'll be a couple of showings um, in the evening if you want to check it out ahead of all of your friends. Um, but yeah, it's 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 everywhere. And uh, December 1st. And then internationally, um, we are going to be rolling out. I just heard our UK date, um, but we're not ready to announce that yet. Um, but we are going to be having um, some type of an international release as well. But U.S. and Canada, December 1st. Well, how wonderful. Congratulations. It's a great project. And uh, I was speaking to a priest who also uh, had the opportunity to pre-screen it. He does some media work, too. And he just said, I really appreciate that's a different type of storytelling. And that it's not like a bad Christian movie, but that it's a wonderful story. <laughs> wonderfully done so so it's just uh it's gonna make a it's gonna shift people's minds and hearts to use the name of the movie so uh great (laughs) i love that and encourage people to go see it uh out december 1st thanks so much brock for joining me today thank you so much really appreciate it